Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. Before we jump in, a huge thank you is due for being here and listening to the show. We just hit over 70,000 unique downloads. It's been an absolutely amazing year. If you missed all the excitement this summer, here is a quick recap. I officially launched the New to Canada Academy, which is an online video course and community to help newcomers set up a life that they love here in Canada. Inside, I run through the pre-arrival research and preparation the life admin and logistics once you're here, how to build your career and social life from scratch, and then how to navigate the emotional roller coaster involved as well. So it's jam-packed with everything you need to thrive. I'm so excited. I wish that I had this when I first got here. Not only that, I also launched my beautiful newcomer journal, a linen-covered memory diary that has enough space to document five full years of your immigration adventure. It's a great tool to reflect on your experiences and look back on all the memories you're making in your new home. You can check out both of these brand new products specifically made with love for newcomers over on the website, thenewcomercollective.com. Now, I'm excited to introduce you to this episode's guest. Hugo is originally from Ireland and he moved to Montreal in 2011. He is also a product manager at Moving to Canada. You may be familiar with them. They are a huge resource for newcomers offering tons of recruitment and immigration information. In this episode, I get to pick his brains for his best advice when it comes to your job search in Canada butter people up a little if you if you find a job or in a company and you're writing your cover letter i i strongly recommend writing a short cover letter for a targeted application do some research have they got any media coverage recently have they secured a new project or they launched a new website or they did something or they someone was in the news or won an award or like there'll be something that you can lean on and and make them feel good about themselves people like that so um lead with that you know uh, congratulations on your new website it looks great or uh, it was i noticed that you're at the recent blah 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 conference in city x you'll find something together we chat about life in montreal the global irish community and how he and his wife had a baby during the pandemic we also deep dive into resume tips, including how to get through the applicant tracking system or ATS, as well as how to access the infamous hidden job market in Canada. Let's start the show. Hi, Hugo. How's it going? Good, Kate. And you? I am well. Crazy busy. <laughs> I'm sitting in a staged house right now, so it's I'm scared to touch anything. There's like plastic apples everywhere <laughs> <laughs> and just like muffins and we have to make our bed with billions of cushions every morning. So yeah. Oh, well, I hope you're a house. charging a few extra thousand dollars for the muffins when you put them on the market. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, you'll break your teeth. <laughs> but thank you 
so much for joining me in between my house viewings and all of the chaos that's going on on my end. So I really appreciate you hopping on. It's great to meet you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. So Hugo is joining us from movingtocanada.com. That's to the number two. You're probably familiar with them. I've been following them since I moved to Canada as well. They're a fantastic website community offering golden information on immigration news, job postings, you know, forums, your newsletter, everything. So yeah, really excited to learn more about that. But um, yeah, obviously, first of all, you yourself, you're a newcomer as well. So it's perfect for, for both of those things. So yeah, you are originally from Ireland. That's right. I'm from Dublin. Yes, you've got yeah. that wonderful accent. So this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a lot of uh, Canadians commenting on your accent? Um, in fact, because I live in Montreal, and a lot of the people I'd interact with out and about sort of don't really pick it up. They they might even assume I'm from Ontario or BC or something. Oh, that's nice. That must be so refreshing because for me, it's like a daily occurrence. Oh, your accent. Yeah. Oh, your accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where are you exactly again? I'm uh, just north of Toronto. So about an hour and a change drive north. Yeah. So you are fluent in French. They can just tell that you're from somewhere that's not French speaking. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm good at French. I I would struggle in a forum like this. I, I wouldn't want to sit down and do a podcast for an hour, but I can definitely, uh, you know, work my way around the city and the bureaucracy. But it's it's tiring to sit and speak it for, for more than five minutes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I bet. <laughs> so first of all, then, let's let's dive into all things Ireland, as we always do with these episodes. Um, I previously had a guest from Ireland and um, yeah, that it was a fantastic episode. There was It was my only episode where there's been two people. So you can imagine the energy that we had with two Irish people on the episode and we were chatting about where they were from. Uh, whereabouts did you grow up? Uh, I'm from a town in Dublin, County Dublin, called Dunleary. Um, in a British context, it's where the boat comes in from Wales. Oh, okay. That's where I'm from. So nice. uh, there's a boat that goes to North Wales from from two minutes from my parents' house. And that's oh, where I'm from. Easy access. Do you get lots of stag and hendus and stuff like that then? Or? That's more in uh, Dublin city itself. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm from a place maybe 15 kilometers south of the city centre. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So what's it like there? What was it like growing up? Obviously, did you spend all your life there? Or? Uh, I spent until I was 24, uh, apart from a couple of summers away uh, in my early 20s. But yeah, it's where I grew up. I think I didn't really appreciate it until I started visiting my family after I moved to Canada. Yeah. The biggest thing I miss is the sea. Yeah. Um, like uh, you're in Ontario, I'm in Quebec. We just don't have the sea. And I grew up uh, an actual stone's throw from the ocean or from the sea, as it was. Um, and yeah, it was, it was an incredible place to grow up. It was I grew up with three brothers. So together, a family of six, uh, sharing a bedroom until I was 17. I just it was it was incredible. I had a, I had a brilliant childhood there. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said about how you don't really appreciate what you have until you leave and you go back home and visit everyone after you've moved away. And that's when you realize, oh, my gosh, the ocean or the pubs yeah. or the social life yeah. or the or the food or, you know, whatever you're missing. You yeah, you, it takes moving away to to realize everything that you're going to miss. It's it's wild. Do you know what I miss as well? And maybe uh, maybe this would be something that you could uh, offer a perspective on the way people communicate. So one thing I realized after I moved here was like Canadians kind of say what they mean and and mean what they say. Whereas in Ireland, you, if you like someone, you kind of give them a bit of a ribbing, mm -hmm. a bit of a slagging up front. And that's actually like a, a way of showing your appreciation for someone. Yeah. Uh, 
Whereas here, they're just like, oh, you're just being mean. Yeah. And I have to be like, yeah. <laughs> just making everyone you actually like cry in Canada. That's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I've had to reel that in a bit yeah. over the last decade. Do you call it banter in Ireland as well? Or is that an English thing? Uh, we'd certainly understand what, what you mean by banter. But yeah, I mean, we'd say that. But we'd say giving someone a slagging. Probably. Or a slagging. Slag- All right. Slagging. Slagging someone. Uh, or banter. Yeah. Like, why not? Banter. Yeah. My yeah. Canadian friends have a word for it. They call it chirping. Like, oh, you're yes. going to chirp me? And I was like, that was a new a new phrase for me when I moved here. But so they do have a word for it. But yeah, I totally agree. They don't really do it as much. It's not really ingrained in friendships as much as it is in the UK and Ireland. <laughs> but yeah, like where we're from is, is probably more like a, you'd only actually do it to people that you like. Yeah. You know, rather than people that you didn't know or whatever. Um, yeah. And, so. and it's the literal thing too, isn't it? Like you make a joke and it's so sarcastic and dry and the Canadian's like, really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm joking. Obviously not. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, what other differences have you noticed then? Oh, where do I start? Um, <laughs> I mean, the climate massively, you know, it's proper four seasons over here. I mean, like just in the last two weeks, it's, it's summer has left the building and, uh, yeah, it's straight into autumn or fall. Yeah. And then it's, you know, four months, four solid months of winter, if not five. And uh, that's a whole new thing. Uh, <laughs> still, every time it happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, I think I'm coming up into my 11th or 12th winter here. And it's every time it's like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. See, that's important information. So <laughs> even after over a decade, it still shocks you. It's like you you forget about it. Doesn't, it yeah. It's such a nice summer here. Like you said, there's real seasons. So when it's summer, it's such an incredible summer and such great weather. And there's so much going on. And you're like, yes, like revitalized, you know, alive. Everyone comes out of hibernation and there's so much going on. And, it's, you know, in Montreal, especially, there's so much going on festivals and music mm-hmm. and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's so funny when, when the winter comes around it. You just forgot how crazy long and, and cold it gets, I think. Yeah. Even after 10 years. Yeah. And then I suppose another thing here would be uh, people say that Montreal or, or Quebec is got a European vibe or European flair. I actually kind of think it's more North American than European mm-hmm. in its attitudes to like work-life balance or even the way the city looks. You you fly in and you're like, that's definitely a North American city. That's not. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the, the architecture the work-life culture is is more North American than European, which is sort of, I think, a lazy way of stereotyping Quebec in particular is like, oh, it's a little piece of Europe in North America. And I, I don't think that the only re- the major difference is the language. But apart from that, it's it's North America solidly. Yeah, um, well, I've heard I've never been to that old part of Montreal. So is that that's where you kind of get like cobbled streets and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I can see where it comes from when people say that. But um, yeah, that's interesting about the, the work life balance. And, you know, your vacation days, every, you know, each year are just abysmal yeah. compared to what we used to get. So yeah. it, it takes a while to get used to some of these Americanized ways of, of living for sure. Yeah, the vacation days. I mean, that's I mean, we're going to touch on some employment stuff today i think and people should know that up front brutal yeah especially if they're coming in in more entry-level positions or they're just like you know you know they're not in a, an exceptionally strong bargaining position with loads of experience uh over here it's still 10 days minimum uh in some provinces it's 15 days uh a lot of employers now are realizing that you know they need to offer something up front but yeah you're not going to get up front the 25 26 days you might get in the uk or ireland no and you have to work there for, you know, five years before you can even think about maybe getting an extra couple of days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that people should just be so aware of when they're moving. Um, yeah. 
And don't, don't like, don't be surprised. Don't it's if you turn around after your first month and you're like, Oh, can I take a week off? And you're like, Whoa, that's half your vacation days gone for the year. Yeah. It's uh, February. You, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't say you weren't warned. Yeah. <laughs> We're warning you today. <laughs> exactly. When you're negotiating a job offer or something, it's not just salary. You could try and maybe get days instead. I don't know. There's, there's ways we'll, we'll chat about it more for sure. But yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is like the number one thing that you miss about Ireland? When, when did you last visit? Was there something that you were like, Oh, I really do miss this. I visited this time last year uh-huh. with, uh, so I have a 20 month old kid. So it was, you know, just coming out of the initial waves of the pandemic, everyone had their first and second shot. So I was like, off we go. Right. So was that a pandemic baby? I'm just trying to do the math here. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In that respect, uh, I think myself and my partner had a a good distraction at the onset of the pandemic in that like we were about to welcome this kid into the world. And then it was like, you've got this whole new responsibility. So yeah. uh, while everyone else was stuck at home watching Netflix and not going out, not taking trips, not going to restaurants and gigs and events um i didn't really have that uh thing that other new parents have which is that their life suddenly changes i sort of had this ramp down where well no one's going out anyway so it actually kind of made it easier for us Ah, that's a really good perspective because you always think oh my gosh those poor people that obviously it was scary there was a lot of unknowns especially you know for for someone who's about to give birth and you know the hospitals were you allowed to go in with her and all of that stuff it's it was seemed really stressful for for new families but then Yeah. yeah to think of it that way you know, you're not really missing out on anything as new parents because everyone's bored. I try to keep my glass half full of, as much as possible. <laughs> so, yeah. So what was it? The, we last visited a year ago. And the thing I miss most is probably my, I know it's boring and cliche, but my family, my brothers, my parents, um, they visited earlier this month and it was incredible to have them here. Mm-hmm. Isn't that special when they yeah. come over? Oh my gosh. It's like your two lives together and then they meet your friends and they meet your, you know, people in your new life. And yeah so nice yeah yeah we just got married in the summer and it was crazy we brought all the canadians to england and just look around and see like isaac's cousin talking to like my friend from school what is happening this is so strange worlds colliding yes really cool what was their favorite thing about montreal uh probably the fact that i got married too at the like 10 days ago or something and uh we had a good time it was a a simple event uh but to have everyone there to have my partner from costa rica i need to stop calling her my partner my wife is from costa rica <laughs> and uh my family is obviously in ireland actually in germany as well and to have all of them in the same room uh yeah. was quite a unique uh thing to happen so my, my favorite thing about it and hopefully theirs too was meeting family from the other side of the world yeah wow that's a multicultural family that's for sure that's cool yeah so you're an Irish, the Irish dad, Costa Rican mom, living in Montreal, speaking French, but in Canada. I love it. With a kid who's going to have an identity crisis. Super so my Montreal, <laughs> Quebecois, Canadian, Costa Rican, Irish, all of the, all of the above. Yeah. So you just fully speak French in daycare, I'm assuming. It's all French. Uh, it depends which educatrice you're interacting with. So those are the, yeah. I don't even know the English word anymore. Um, early at early childhood educators um mm-hmm. most of them would speak french but a couple of them are fluently bilingual so it depends which one you're interacting with um uh, my kid i don't know she's she's picking up words now and uh, sometimes she'll pick up a french word sometimes an english word it's kind of a it's, it's kind of crazy to see i yeah. love that and and that's just going to be a gift to her that she's just going to have like french spanish and english boom yep like wow yeah that's amazing yeah 
just opening all those doors. Mm -hmm. It's great. <laughs> so you mentioned that you moved here decade a de over a decade ago, back in 2011. So let's run through the story of, of what brought you here. Obviously, you'd not met your wife yet. No. You came to Montreal by yourself. What, what brought you to that decision? Yeah, well, the, the push factors were like, deep recession in Ireland. I just graduated and you, like, I just wanted to change it up. My prospects were bleak in the short term over there in terms of, you know, career progress and even just new experiences or whatever. So I came over here. Uh, back then, the IEC work permit for Irish people, which I was privileged enough to get, was for 12 months. It's now for 24. So initially, I only had a 12-month permit. And yeah, I just thought I'd figure it out. I got a job in a bar. Um, classic you know irish bar downtown bartending <laughs> doing some freelance work on the side um getting some bylines I, I my master's is in journalism so that's my background um so mostly on the print and digital side and i, I got a few pieces published but yeah i was just here to try and figure out what i wanted to do next i was in my mid-20s and uh then I spent a year in new york city actually uh because of the 12-month iec work permit then i kind of had to figure something else out for the following year and then I came back to Montreal in 2013, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Yeah, 12 months. I feel like, I mean, it was stressful enough with the 24 mm -hmm. when I did it, because you have to then think, oh, God, your next step is permanent residency, and you have to do all of that. So you've only got 12 months to figure out your next step. That's yeah. I mean, there's uh, even today, there's a lot of IEC countries for whom 12 months is the default rather than 24. Mm. So Irish and British people are quite lucky in that respect. Yeah. Irish people especially, because they can activate it up to the age of 35 or be, even be granted it. And then you've got an extra year to activate it. And then British people currently, uh, I hope this comment goes out of date, um, can only activate it or get it up to the age of 30 instead of 35. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was, I was lucky, lucky twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an amazing program to, to be able to, to have a pathway to Canada. Really. Yeah. It's so easy. I think, you know, it's such a quick application. It gets approved so quickly, or that was my experience anyway. And yeah, then you can, you know, there's so many people that struggle to get here. So yeah, really fortunate. Yeah. So what made you choose Montreal then? You know, mm. you're from Ireland. What? That's such an interesting choice. Obviously, Toronto, Vancouver, those are always kind of the biggest, most popular choices. So yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, good question. I think, and I'm trying to I get asked this question at least once a week and I, I still don't have, I still haven't nailed the answer or forgotten the answer, but I think it was because I didn't want to sort of default to hanging out of, with people who are just from my hometown. And in Vancouver and Toronto, you can meet people from Dublin or from Ireland. You walk down the street and you'll meet a dozen of them. Um, and that's great. Like I love that there's deep Irish communities across the country but in Montreal, there's just that added layer, that added challenge with the language where people don't tend to move to it in as large numbers as they do to Vancouver, Toronto. And back then, Calgary and Edmonton were hopping as well because the job market in Alberta was really booming um, compared to where it is today. So the sort of I decided to just try something different. So uh, Montreal, it was uh, I sort of had my little basic French from school. And I was like, well, at the very least, I'll come out of this with, you know, stronger language ability. And maybe I'll make some friends and maybe I'll get some pieces published and I'll try and have some fun along the way. And also the cost of living here uh, today, as it was back then, is is much more affordable than those cities. Freaking 
fly. I've been watching Jesus that fly Christ. trying to. It's yeah. like landing on my <laughs> microphone. I'm like, go away. To the listeners, uh, <laughs> uh, you can't see Kate, but I can see Kate, and she's been chasing a fly around her. I'm going to have to spend an hour editing out this stupid fly noise. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. I'm going to leave this in because it's like reality of podcasting. I swear to God. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, that's, that's so brave. I mean, I. I moved to France when I was 14 when my, well, 13 and my parents moved us there as a family and I didn't have a choice and I found it so challenging. So people that voluntarily do it, I have so much respect because yeah, like learning a new language and just throwing yourself in, into that new culture. And yeah, I mean, making new friends is hard enough as it is. And then you've got a language barrier and, you know, maybe a little bit of a culture shock as well. So yeah. Well, where were you, where did you go to in France? South, the south of France, so really rural, like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the thing about Montreal is French is the main language, but there's a lot of English. And there's always that safety net of being like, if I can't navigate bureaucracy or if I can't make friends, I can navigate it in English if I want to. Yeah. And I can find people who can speak my lingo if I want to. Are there a lot of Irish people there as well? Obviously not as many as you said in Toronto and Vancouver, but they do get everywhere. So I'm sure there are some there. <laughs> <laughs> there are uh, the the Gaelic football club here, which I'm a more of a social member than a playing member. Uh, so when they have fun events, I turn up. But uh, yeah, they they've got a like a deep pool of players, and actually one of the best things is that they've welcomed a lot of Canadians and people from other nationalities into the community, and those people sort of have a sense of Irishness without being legally Irish. Um, but yeah, well, I was actually out for a beer with a friend last night and I was like, how come all the Irish people are our age? So I'm in my mid thirties and so is he. And he goes, recession. Everyone moved mm. 10, 12 years ago and there's now less incentive for people to, to leave uh, Ireland. So it was just so strange. Like, I couldn't understand why there was this huge volume of people who are now 35 to 40 in Ireland, uh, in Montreal from Ireland. Yeah. And there's not that same amount of, say, 25 to 30 year olds. They're not kind of keep coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, so there was just, a, it, I didn't, that didn't strike me until last night until my friend uh, pointed out the blindingly obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about the Irish community. That's what it is, isn't it? And you know, no matter where you go in the world, there's always this like, ugh, there's just this group of Irish people that in the thousands almost, you know, the, the groups of, on Facebook, you know, Irish and new in Toronto and yep. everyone's out to help each other. And, you know, I love that. And you no know, matter where you go, you're going to find an Irish pub somewhere and everyone's proud if they have some lineage back to Ireland, you know, even if they've been born and raised in Canada, you know, they grip yep. onto that and they say, Oh yeah, like I'm, I was born there or my grandma was great grandma was born there. So yeah, there's that strong sense of community. I always love that about Irish people. <laughs> yeah, I, I cherish that when people are like, oh, like my, they lean into some aspect of some uh, long ago Irish connection. And I'm like, go for it. Some Irish people, I think, are a bit more guarded or protect pure Irishness. And I'm like, no, let these Canadians and, and uh, other Europeans and stuff say they're Irish. If, if they can point to something, I'm like, go for it. I, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, come one, come all, I think, in the Irish community. Yeah, yeah. I think obviously the, there's, the Canadian people are going to be from other countries, you know, and if mm -hmm. you're not indigenous, then you yeah. know, you're going to be from a different place. So yeah, it's nice of them to, to acknowledge that. And then also I really want everyone to go explore that. Like Isaac's parents or Isaac's dad is his lineage is from Scotland and they finally got to go there because of the wedding and they went up there. So yeah, it's really cool. I, I can imagine growing up somewhere completely different and then kind of exploring your roots. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's it. Cool. So what was your experience then back in 2011? You moved here. Were you a student when you got here? No, you just kind of dove in. You got that job at the bar. And, and what, were, mm-hmm. what were some of the, the challenges that you faced when you first got here? Yeah. Um, well, I came out of the airport and I got the bus. And back then I didn't have a smartphone. If you remember 2011, smartphones weren't that smart. Yeah. And, uh, Love it. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was still the snake days. That's, that's one for anyone list, anyone under the age of 30 listening to this is like, what are we you just talking aged about? ourselves? Yeah. I just lost <laughs> listeners. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but, uh, what was I going to say is I got lost and it was like minus 20 and I was carrying a suitcase, a backpack, a guitar, oh. and I couldn't find my accommodation for like 20 minutes. And I ended up having to ask people in like very error strewn French, where's this street? And I went the wrong way. So, that was a real sort of like, okay, I'm in, I'm in it now. Like, and I was straight coming out of the airport. It was mid January in Montreal. Um, so like to answer your question, very like, how did I, how did I find it? I, I didn't, I didn't find my accommodation. Uh, uh, it took, took about an hour. And then, uh, for the next few months, I loved it. Like I, I was just, I think one of the things when you move, especially when you move on your own, not with a partner, not with a group of friends is that, that might seem like a liability, but I, I, for me, it was an asset where I didn't have to compromise with anyone else about where we were going to live or what we were going to do or uh, how we were going to spend our free time. It was just me. I could like be uh, the best version of me that I wanted to be and uh, meet whoever I wanted to meet and take up any job opportunity that I wanted to take up uh, without having to sort of discuss it with anyone else or like, you know try and incorporate other people's uh, opinions and values. I loved that. So anyone who's listening and is intending to move alone, it can be daunting, but honestly, I, th- I think it's it's an incredible way to move. You can do more. Like it, it might seem scarier, but you're, you've got more freedom. Yeah, I think it can, like you said, the word daunting is is so true. But then, yeah, coming alone you learn what it's like to be alone and you actually learn so much about yourself because you do spend a lot of time alone and you explore by yourself and you do things by yourself. And then, you know, you go through these challenges and then you come out the other side and it's hot. It's such a personal experience that you go through alone. Yeah. I think it's really special. There's that trending sound on Instagram and TikTok about, you know, the experience of, of an expat. And I think it's so, yeah, like people are opening up more and more about that, how it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you only had 12 months as well, which I kind of like that because it makes you try and make the most of it as soon as possible. And you kind of have, did you have much planned out for that 12 months or you had that freedom? You were like, oh, I'm just going to see what happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you're like in your mid twenties, but my time horizons were shorter. Like I didn't think ahead. I didn't think <laughs> ahead that far. Uh, so I was just like, I've got 12 months. I'll make the most of it. And next year is next year. I'll stress about it later kind of thing. So you didn't have um, your permanent residency no. pre-planned out? <laughs> no, I mean, I, it took me, I got my PR in 2018. Uh, it oh, took right. seven years because uh, in Quebec, totally different system. Uh, I had to prove advanced level of French and that took a while. That was a big ramp up to get to. I failed that exam three times before I passed it. So yeah, getting PR in Quebec is a totally different uh, thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> see, I didn't even know that. So that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, though, that, that they would need that that level of French for sure. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. So what did you do in the interim then? Because your working holiday visa expired. So yeah. so what happened between then and 2018? 
Yeah, good question. I'll give you the short version. So 2011, I'm in Montreal. 2012, I'm in New York. 2013, I'm back in Montreal. I was lucky that during 2012, while I was in New York, the government changed the IC program so that it changed from 20, 12 months to 24 months for Irish people. And they also let you get it again. So like, if you've already done the 12, don't worry, you can still do the 24. So I actually ended up doing 36 months on a oh, working wow. holiday, huh? spread, spread over four years with a year in New York in the middle. So yeah, I was coming up to the end of that work permit, maybe seven or eight months to go. And I was doing some freelance work with moving to Canada um, with my colleague and now business partner, Rory. And I got a call from a headhunter who wanted me to meet an immigration lawyer uh, based in downtown Montreal, the late David Cohen, who's who's an incredible person. So I met him. He ran a website, CanadaVisa.com, that I think we've all used at one point or another. It's got a massive forum on it. It's a, it's a brilliant community. And I worked with David and his team for three years. And David got me an LMIA, Labor Market Impact Assessment, which is basically uh, a way for an employer to petition the federal government that they sh- the government should issue an employer-specific work permit for a specific employee because no Canadian is ready and willing and able to perform the specific duties of a, of a position. Um, and then out of that, I was able to build up the necessary skilled work experience to apply for PR. And in Quebec, the extra layer was the French thing as well. So it took quite a while. Um, I managed to sort of get my PR in 2018, move back to move into Canada, which is where my heart was the whole time. And uh, yeah, build a a great product and a great team here. Wow. Um, And so that's, is that CIC News? CIC News and Canada Visa are both owned by the same law firm which is now Cohen Immigration Law. Yeah, so CIC News is incredible. I I implore every single person listening to sign up for their newsletter because they are so timely with immigration updates, any news and, you know, things that are changing and, you know, working holiday visa pools and all of that stuff. You'll get emails all the time. And I sample that and then put any really important articles in my newsletter and direct people there. So, yeah really valuable what an amazing organization to to be a part of and also to get help with immigration too (laughs) yeah that was amazing that was that was really useful to just sort of be able to tap someone on the shoulder and be like please let me help (laughs) you stay that's like me when i interviewed a a canadian immigration lawyer for the for this podcast and we were Mm -hmm. talking about citizenship and that's the next step that i need to do and at the end of the episode when we'd stopped recording i was like can you just do my application he was like no (laughs) like don't be lazy doesn't take very long you're ridiculous and i was like please (laughs) so funny okay cool so yeah you got your pr that's amazing congrats that's actually a huge achievement isn't it just just on its own yeah uh it it was definitely a relief and then just this year uh got my citizenship so i'm now a dual citizen oh amazing oh my god you're you're doing all the things babies and and citizenships and i know it's scary i don't like adulting (laughs) sometimes i just want to i just want to sit and watch cartoons and just pretend that I don't have all this life admin to get through. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Trying to sell this house as well is just nuts. Good luck with that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Cool. So when did you meet your wife then? When did she come into the picture? You're obviously living this solo life in Canada and building your career in journalism and doing all the things. When when did uh, another immigrant come into the picture and you started building your your beautiful multicultural family? Uh, She actually worked with me at that law firm. Um, so the law firm that, that owns CSC News, et cetera. And uh, we met there. Amazing. Have you managed to go to Costa Rica, see where she's from? 
I have. So the last few winters we've gone, uh, I think we had to take a, a year off oh, during see, the pandemic. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> in the winter time. So we'll go, I think, for Christmas and New Year this year. Yeah. Just at the onset, just as things are getting a bit, a bit uh, chilly here, we'll disappear for a few weeks to Costa Rica. And fortunately, we both have jobs that we can do remotely. Um, so yeah, get the grandmother involved, uh, lean into Spanish a bit. No, it's a, it's, it's a good setup. I'm, I'm very lucky. Well, so let's chat a little bit about moving to Canada and, and all of the work that you do, because, yeah, we mentioned at the beginning, you have immigration and all the forums and the newsletters and the job boards and all of that good stuff. So I'd love to to tap your brain and, and what you're working on there right now. Um, and yeah, maybe we can chat about careers in Canada, because that is a huge topic. It's probably the biggest area that people struggle with is, you know, building your career from scratch in a new country. It's It, it can be so disheartening and such a struggle. So yeah, I always try and, and share as much information as possible on the show so yeah i'm excited to to dive in what what are you working on right now so uh we're actually relaunching our website in the coming weeks by the time people listen to this it it might even be out i'm not sure what we want to do is really lean into personalizing the experience for each individual so what we're going to be offering in the coming weeks is that once you create an account you'll get a personalized checklist of to-dos based on your experience background and goals and that will sort of hold your hand right through it and give people that extra layer of support and get stuff done more quickly and with more confidence. And we'll be leveraging our network of partners. So we've got partners in recruitment, employers, insurance, uh, aviation, and have special offers for people. And we're really excited for it. So yeah, we're just matching newcomers with information products and services they might need or want as they navigate a life-changing journey. Amazing. So where is that's going to be the same URL at the same website? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's it's an exciting time. It's the most exciting and interesting project I've ever worked on in my career. Yeah. And that's so rewarding as well, because you've gone through it yourself. And now Mm. you can actually turn around and help others go through it. And we were just saying before the call that you know, there's there's real there's no real reason to struggle as much as we did when we moved here because now there's so many communities and resources out there and people online that that can help and this is yeah this is fantastic what another amazing resource for for newcomers there's so many things to tap into now. I think you've touched on something important there. When I worked at the law firm, the team was great, but they were mostly Canadian, mm. so they kind of knew the newcomer experience in an abstract sense, but they couldn't really feel it. Whereas I think that one thing you've you've really done with your academy as well is like, I've been there, done that. I'm currently wearing the T-shirt. Hey, everyone, free T-shirts. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And and that's a very powerful message. The story behind the person who created the product, um, whether it's you or me, and we're, we're helping people in different ways through a similar journey. If you come at it from, hey, I know this stuff because I'm a newcomer too, um, that's really helpful. I yeah I couldn't agree more and that's that's where I've really been so passionate about to share the entire experience you know not just oh this is going to be amazing what an adventure you know this 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 I I really want to show both sides of it the ups the downs you know so that people go in and they actually know what to expect in the experience and then when they do struggle and when they do hit hurdles to know that it's all normal it's all part of the journey because for me nobody really 
not it wasn't anyone's responsibility but my own I didn't do any research so it's on me but I kind of went in so blind and when I did have challenges I blamed myself you know oh I'm not doing this well enough or I'm failing this I'm gonna have to go back home and all of this and that so yeah I think as much you know as many resources as possible to arm yourself with what to expect and then to know that everything is normal and part of the the process and everyone goes through such similar challenges it's crazy when we all finally talk Mm -hmm. to each other like I've learned on this show and this podcast it's everyone's challenges are are so similar just no one talks about it no one shares openly about it so yeah I think there's this compulsion that people feel to just share their highlights rather than just the the bloopers Mm -hmm. as well I think um like being able to show vulnerability and to express it to others is something that I think humans find difficult anyway. And newcomers, the newcomer experience sort of ties into that where people are like, Oh, I went to Niagara Falls and uh, I just got a great job. And yeah, uh, here's my new car. But like, you know, it's, 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 it's not like that every day. Yeah. And especially for, you know, you're from Ireland, I'm from England like what a bunch of whingers like you're you know there's nothing you know what I mean like there's nothing simply you know you're going to Canada they speak the same language like it's the same culture like what are you complaining about so there's that guilt as well where it's like people have it so much worse off and I'm you know you can't yeah. compare your journey to anyone else's and you can't feel guilty for struggling because there are challenges you have to go through no matter what country you're from there's going to be culture shocks and things that you know come out of nowhere that you didn't expect so I think I kind of struggle with that too like oh I'm English like I need to just get a grip but it's it's not there's so many challenges that you don't expect so yeah it's interesting yeah yeah certainly (laughs) so what would be you know there's so much advice that you offer you know you just listed all the things that this platform is going to do but what would you say is is the biggest piece of advice let's focus on careers what would you what would you share with any newcomers right now that that are struggling take your resume seriously like really seriously um i think that people, whether they're newcomers or not, just don't take this document seriously enough. Um, They just get it wrong. Look, you know, we're screening resumes all the time because we're growing our team at Moving to Canada. But also we work with employers and recruitment partners who are telling us that what they expect to see in a resume. And it's a lot of resumes just aren't hitting the mark. When I say resume, CV, okay, depending on on where you're coming from. Um, I've been here a decade, so I'm just going to call it resume. The, The main thing is it's not necessarily the format, although that's important. It's it's showcasing achievements and value. Mm. A lot of people will, will have on their resume, these are the duties, these are the things I did. How is that going to mark you out from the 100 other resumes sitting in the pile? You need to show achievements that are unique to something that you did, that you noticed a problem, you took an action, it resulted in something that you can then call an achievement. So rather than saying... Uh, I was responsible for sending the uh, newsletter on behalf of the content team or something. Say, I'm making this up on the fly. Say, like, increased open rates on the newsletter by 23%, uh, resulting in 50% increase in click-through rates, which uh, deepened the pipeline for the sales team or something. You know, I'm just, I'm thinking, like, just don't say what you did. Say what the consequence of your action was and how it helped the organization as a whole. And... Yeah. The other thing on resumes is um, you're from England, right? Uh, You might put a previous employer, uh, like from 2017 to 2018, I worked in this job or whatever. Uh, In your case, it would be before 2017 because you were here uh, after that. But um, an employer or recruiter in Canada doesn't know 
unless you tell them what type of employer this is. So if you say I worked with company X, is it an SME? Is it a multinational? Is it a publicly funded organization? Is it a not-for-profit? It Like you don't have to add much. It's it's literally just like a little thing, which gives an indication of, oh, this, this person's got experience working in a not-for-profit or in a small team or in a large multinational. Um, people just on their resumes assume that the person reading it is going to go off and research each company that they worked for. No, like this person's got 50 resumes to get through that morning. If if you're making their life difficult, if you're making them do unnecessary research on you and your history, that's going to rile them up and your resume will go straight in yeah. the bin. Uh, even if even if you're one of the best candidates for the job, just because you're making that person's experience of screening your resume more difficult than it needs to be. So when you say, okay, from 2015 to 2017, I worked in this role for this company, just put in brackets afterwards, uh, SME, fewer than 50 employees or something, whatever the case may be, or multinational headquartered in Zurich, whatever, whatever it is, um, put it in. That helps the person screening the resume uh, understand the types of organizations that you've worked in. And then under there, you're talking about achievements, not duties for each role. And that makes such a difference. Honestly, like it makes such a difference. And your job at the resume is not to get it, get a job. It's to win an interview. The interview is the place where you can sell yourself and get the job. All you're trying to do is win an interview. Yeah. You're just trying to get to the next point. Okay. So forget about like, forget about the job for a second and just like win the interview. And to do that, you need to make, uh, you need to show value upfront, the value the resume, if you think of it as a marketing document where the product is you, um, you're showing the value of you to the person screening the resume. And that person's like, oh, this person's worth 15 minute chat, a 30 minute chat. And then you can then you can make your make your real pitch in the interview. But your job with the resume is just to stand out and win an interview. Yeah, that's an amazing mindset shift for sure. Because I think if you have it in your head that this is to get the job, that's when you write way too much in a resume and cram it with so much information. But yeah, to keep it concise is so key. And like you see some resumes that are pages and pages long and it's, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. to target that resume to that job that you're trying to apply for. I feel like that is the biggest thing that I never used to do. And and I, I learned that pretty quickly in Canada that, you know, if you send the same generic packed resume to every job, you've got to make it as easy as possible for them to, to read that, oh, this person is perfect for this job. There's all the keywords that match with the job description. Um, yep. And yeah, the results thing is is so key, you know, to look at how you've made an impact on a company, not just listing tasks. Yeah, that's it's so much work. It really is. But it makes such a difference to to tweak the resume every time and, and to think what's the company actually looking for and to show that one of our our partners at Moving to Canada, Outpost Recruitment, an amazing recruitment firm based in Western Canada. Um, they work specifically in engineering and construction. They've got this blog on their website, and uh, it's I think the title is something like How to Add $10,000 to Your Starting Salary as an Engineer in Canada. Oh, cool. Okay. The blog's about your resume. The blog's about spending three hours <laughs> improving your resume. But when you say how to add $10,000 to your starting salary in Canada... That three hours seems like a pretty good investment, yeah, right? Perspective. Like so, it. so like people sitting down to rework their resume, yeah, spend two or three hours on it for sure. In fact, spend longer if you need to, but have that outcome in mind where the the work I'm doing now is going to compound so much with uh, not just winning 
an interview, but being in a very, much stronger negotiating position in that interview. Uh, and ultimately, that's the path to, you know, success uh, from a career point of view in Canada is like you want it, you need to win interviews, you need to showcase value. And then if you've got a really strong resume, you'll also be in a stronger negotiating position as well. Yeah. And I like what you're saying about how this is to win an interview. But at the same time, when you're doing this work, and you're tailoring your resume, and you're, you know, thinking about what achievements you have, and what results you've brought for a company, you're kind of preparing for that interview by doing that because then you have stories and yeah. when we talk about interviews storytelling is is what i always say to to people is the most important thing again you're not going to sit in an interview and say i did this 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 you're telling mm -hmm. stories you know you're i try and think of it like a storybook you know how, what problem did you have how did you face it and then what was the result or the ending of the story so you kind of have to take the interviewer through that journey and yeah, the impact that you brought. So it's all about storytelling in your resume, but also then by doing that, you can take those snippets and stories and start planning your answers to, to interview questions as well. Yeah, that's, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, let's chat a little bit about ATS system, uh, applicant tracking systems, because I mm -hmm. didn't even know this was a thing. And it's, 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 in a lot of countries, including the UK. So I was really surprised when I learned about it. It's not just a Canadian thing. And it can send people into a bit of a panic because an applicant tracking system scans your resume. And if you fail the checks that this system does on your resume, if it can't read it, if it's formatted wrong, then a recruiter might not even get the resume in front of them. So people get a bit panicked by that. So do you have any advice for for resumes and ATSs? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, really good question. You know, I said the job of your resume is to win an interview. And I suppose really the job of the f before that, it's to get it in front of a human. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's, to, it's to get past ATS. Um, like this, these sorts of softwares, various iterations have been out there for a decade plus. Um, I, I'm not an expert on the like each iteration from a product point of view, but um in essence, these are pre-screening softwares that make sure that resumes that end up in front of a human are only those that might bypass some sort of base baseline threshold of acceptability for that organization. So that might mean making sure, like, if the if the role is for a project manager and the person's resume doesn't mention project management, you know, uh, the ATS will pick that up. That's a very basic sort of way of thinking about it. Like it's a lot more sophisticated than that. But um, how to how to make sure that your resume is compatible with ATS? Yeah, like uh, from a formatting point of view, it needs to have the contact information. It needs to it needs to have uh, you know your education credential mentioned on it. Um, it, it like these are these are basic things is your resume proofread if it's riddled with errors that that might show as well um but i'm not an expert on like the latest and most sophisticated versions of ats but as long as you've you're putting together a quality document that hits ticks all the boxes in terms of your industry title matches that on the roll that sort of thing uh you're going to be in a strong position don't send a resume for uh a software engineer job that says IT support specialist on it, you know, make sure that it matches, you know, make sure that like you're actually adapting that resume for the specific role. Um, yeah. And then the other, the other way of distributing resumes is not really to send it like, okay, you and I both know about the hidden jobs market, right? Most jobs just aren't 
about going on Indeed and applying for open roles and submitting your resume and hoping for the best. It's honestly about distributing it in a more proactive way, which means identifying companies you want to work for, finding people there who you might be able to connect with and trying to get your resume in front of the people who are the main decision makers in that organization. That's tough work. Some people are more adept to it than others. Some people might be more extroverted or just have built up better networking skills over time. But that's that's how the game is played. You know, yeah. if you're just if you're just going on to jobs boards and applying for open positions, it's helpful. I'm not saying don't do it, but you need to add a lot more than that. You need to be more proactive in your job search, identifying companies that you admire uh, or roles that can get you places and trying to get your resume in front of the person that can actually make the decision on whether you're worth 20 or 30 minutes of their time for an initial interview or not. Yeah. Especially because you're starting over in a new country, there's nothing that surrounds you that you, you don't have, you know, a well-known school to 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 fall mm. back on. You really are starting from 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 ground zero, so you have to build up that that reputation around the industry that you want to enter into. So LinkedIn is huge here. I mean, yeah. we could talk for hours about all the things of you know throughout the the hiring process in Canada, but yeah, this hidden job market you're here all the time and. Um, it's so true, you know, job boards alone, that represents maybe 15% of available jobs in Canada. I think that's the yeah. stat. Don't quote me on it, but, um, it's a, that's more or less accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, I mean, definitely, like you said, apply to, to the jobs on job boards, but then also go that step further and find that recruiter on LinkedIn and, and say, Hey, I actually applied on Indeed. I know there's hundreds of applicants, but I just wanted to reach out to you personally. I really love what you posted the other day about this and try yes. and connect with them. Don't just ask for the job and say, you know, Oh, I found something on your profile that I find interesting. And Oh, by the way, I sent my resume and you know, do you have 15 minutes for a chat or meet yeah. for a coffee or so it can feel so uncomfortable. Nobody enjoys doing these things but um yeah it's all about networking unfortunately <laughs> whisper it quietly but some people love doing these things yeah, so uh, it's not it's not me uh but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah some people just love it um you actually touched on something there which butter people up a little if you if you find a job or in a company and you're writing your cover letter i i strongly recommend writing a short cover letter for a targeted application um do some research have they got any media coverage recently have they secured a new project uh, have they something that, like there's something out there that you can find that you can be like, let's say, let's say it's for, uh, or they launched a new website or they did something or there someone was in the news or won an award or like there, there'll be something that you can lean on and, and make them feel good about themselves. People like that. You know, we, we like it from our friends. We like it from our family when they're nice to us. Right. So yeah, people love talking about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or people love hearing nice things about themselves. Yeah. So, um, lead with that you know uh, congratulations on your new website it looks great mm. or uh, it was i noticed that you're at the recent blah 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 conference in city x um or, or whatever it is you'll find something exactly you'll find something. Yeah, yeah and in in the moving to Canada academy we have a career worksheet that kind of takes you through how to build that list that you're saying you know I'd, how to identify companies that you're interested in and then what steps you can take to really target those employers as well and be proactive and then also I have a whole video on personal branding because I'm so passionate about that that's what I've done myself mm -hmm. I was not in, you know I didn't know anything about immigration I was not affiliated with you know the expat or immigrant community at all and now you know I have CBC approaching me and wanting my opinion on congratulations I saw that <laughs> on tipping I saw I that I know so it's yeah. just crazy you can really establish yourself as you know an authority 
on a topic or in an industry you just have to you know be present on LinkedIn and, and connect with the right people and just start posting your opinions and sharing articles and yeah so crazy crazy amount of work but it's worth it yeah but yeah oh my god this is so interesting we could really talk there's so many layers like I said to to the job search but this has just been so so interesting um I did have one other really important thing to just touch on with the ATS because it reads from left to right so I used to have a resume that had two columns and so the ATS system would like read across the page and it wouldn't make any sense because it was two columns. So all of these fancy templates that you can find that are really branded and colorful and formatted yeah. in this really beautiful way. I mean, that's for you, right? That's going to be, yes. you know, it's pretty on the eye, but these, you know, the ATS is going to get confused. So I definitely wanted to throw that in this episode. Yeah. On, on moving to Canada, we, we actually have a resume template in our accounts Amazing. and that's, it's not pretty, it's pretty bog standard. But it really gets the job done. It is it's a template. It's ATS compatible. It it has the right things in the right order. It's just basically plug and play. You put in your own information. It actually sort of coaches people a bit on that whole achievements versus duties dichotomy. Um, I'd encourage anyone to to grab that. You just need to create a move to Canada account. You'll find the button on our homepage. The templates, the guides, everything, everything behind the login there. That's that's all free. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. That's such an amazing resource. I can't wait to, to link it and, and spread word because yeah, the more help, the more help that we can have as newcomers, the better. Like I said, there's yeah. so much out there now to, to get a head start and to just find happiness and feel settled that much quicker because yeah, you can go through all these ups and downs and the quicker you can find happiness here in Canada. It's so amazing here when you finally do settle. It takes time and your journey may be longer mm-hmm. or shorter than others. But yeah, there's resources out there to to help. So yeah, thank you so much. This is amazing. I mean, if I was a job seeker, I'd be so pumped right now, ready to go. <laughs> great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, thanks for the opportunity to come on and, and discuss. It's been great. I, I really admire what you're doing. I'd encourage anyone listening, if you haven't already, but like grab Kate's uh, or at least like look at her academy stuff if you or get the journal uh, at the very least read the blogs and and know that there's someone out there who uh, is validating that it's okay to feel vulnerable it's okay to celebrate success I think that what you're doing for people uh, just on an emotional level but I like the practical stuff is, is amazing but just you're really helping people express their vulnerability. And I think that that's going to help a lot of people in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That's beautiful. And I, yeah, I'm trying to build out the actual Facebook group because that's going to be a private group where if you're having a crappy day, you can just post in the group and say, I'm really missing my family right now. You know, does anyone have any advice on, you know, any homesickness remedies and all of that? And we can just have a real safe space to share the crappy days. So I'm building that out for anyone that purchases the Academy or the journey so um yeah excited to build that up as well because yeah to have a safe group to post i i would have killed for that when i first moved here so yeah thanks yeah can i offer a a tip for your listeners on on homesickness one thing i found when i when i missed ireland in particular was like i'd pick up like i I used to read a lot probably what we say bc before child before i had a kid (laughs) um I used to do a lot more reading and I'd pick up a novel set in my home country or, or, or listen to a song from a band I used to listen to. It doesn't, it wasn't a specific song or a specific book, but if you're having a crappy day, grab a piece of art or a piece of literature or a song or something and just like really experience it mindfully. 
listen to every note or read every word. And honestly, you'll, you'll just sort of, it's like getting a little warm hug around you. It's like your, it's like your, 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 your hometown giving you a hug. That's, that's what worked for me. It might not work for everyone. That's so true. No, I did that too. You feel connected somehow, even if you're so far away, that's your way of just feeling connected back to, to home and that sense of familiarity, which I feel like that's what homesickness is. You miss feeling, you know, you're the same as everyone else around you and you're in this familiar territory and the comfort of everything you know. So to have, yeah, that music playing or, you know, reading that book that describes your hometown. I, I mean, I used to watch British TV. <laughs> I would just mm-hmm. always exactly. put on, you know, our, you know, murder shows and um, my now husband would be like, Jesus, your TV is dark. Like, why, <laughs> why is people just getting murdered? I'm like, it's because we love it. Like, it's so good, the BBC dramas. <laughs> but I would always watch my, yeah, my murdered BBC dramas. So. I'm surprised you didn't run a, run a million miles away. <laughs> <laughs> You're next. No. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Hugo. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so excited to share this episode with everyone. It's packed with value. And yeah, thank you so, so much for your time and all the work you're doing as well for for moving to Canada. I'm going to share all the links um, in the show notes. So check them out. I'm sure you're already subscribed. So it's, you know, already done. But um, if you're not, go check them out because it's so, so packed with value. And yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Kate. Enjoy the rest of your day and good luck with the house sale. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.